Welcome to The Art of Badassery, where I explore what it takes to live life on your own terms, break free from the status quo, and unleash your inner badass. Whether you're a rebel at heart or simply seeking inspiration to step outside your comfort zone, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and each week I dive into the stories, insights, and strategies of those who have mastered the art of badassery and are living life to the fullest. They smile when no one is looking. Welcome to the Art of Badassery podcast. I'm Mahara Wayman, and I'm curious, are you ready to embark on a journey of inspiration, passion, and entrepreneurial wisdom? I hope so, because today I'm diving into the world of business and personal growth with the remarkable Stephanie Markakis-Pluth, a true badass entrepreneur hailing from the beautiful city of Ottawa, Ontario. Stephanie's story is one of wanderlust, determination, and the pursuit of dreams. Having moved across Canada throughout her life, she finally found her calling and graduated from Algonquin College in 1995 armed with a diploma in small business management. From there, she ventured westward, settling in the vibrant city of Edmonton, Alberta. In 2000, Stephanie tied the knot with her best friend, forming a loving partnership that blessed them with two incredible children. A dreamer at heart, Stephanie's vision expanded beyond her own family, and she found her true passion in empowering aspiring entrepreneurs to turn their dreams into reality. Today, Stephanie is the proud owner of not one, but two successful companies, Fork and Spoon Business Consulting and Entrepreneur Connection. Through these ventures, she has become a beacon of guidance for countless ambitious souls, helping them navigate the intricate world of entrepreneurship and business management. But it's not all work and play for this badass entrepreneur. Stephanie's zest for life extends to her love for the great outdoors. From May to October, you'll find her camping as often as possible, relishing the beauty of nature, whether it's paddling across serene waters or casting a line for the catch of the day, Stephanie and her husband indulge in the simple joys of canoeing and fishing, forming cherished moments beyond the boardroom. In this podcast episode, we delve into her remarkable journey, the ups, the downs, and the invaluable lessons that she's learned along the way. With her infectious enthusiasm and wealth of experience, Stephanie will undoubtedly leave you inspired and motivated to embrace your inner badass and take on the world of business. So buckle up, guys, as we explore the art of badassery with Stephanie, a force to be reckoned with, and an unwavering advocate for dream chasers everywhere. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mahara. Thanks for having me. Oh, my goodness. It's my pleasure. So that was kind of a long introduction, but I'm so excited to share with the world all of this amazing goodness that you're bringing to um, businesses everywhere, myself included. Yes, I'll admit that you have given me some amazing feedback and support on my entrepreneurial journey. But let's take it back. Can you share with us one of the moments where you knew that you wanted to do this type of work versus what everybody else was doing in the moment? You know, I think when I started mentoring with Prospect, um, I got the chance to mentor young entrepreneurs with disabilities. And 
it opened a whole new world of wanting to help out. Um, I also started a business in the food industry and realized that there was no mentors in that industry and everyone was hush hush. So I think I started to realize there needs to be more mentors out there in that industry. And so it kind of trickled out to becoming a mentor with prospect and doing programs and starting mentoring uh, all sorts of different young entrepreneurs. And it just became a huge passion. So I'm curious though, why do you think the food industry in particular has or had this hush hush mentality about getting support or being a mentor? too sure the exact reason but my assumption is is because restaurant owners wanted to keep their secrets hush hush and they wanted to keep all of their clientele just with them um, because you know you have your regulars that come in all the time and they didn't want to have a conversation with anybody else thinking that maybe they'd steal their clients or their customers or that the their secret grandma's recipe would be leaked and that would be it and I think having an open conversation about the struggles of owning a food industry business was needed and all of the mental wellness that came along with it, right? All the mental challenges of owning a food business, um, no one ever talked about it. So that's why I opened the door. Oh, that's so good for you. And such a needed thing. What I'm noticing in our line of work is we go where we're needed and how we find out about the need is by having you know, honest conversations, conversations with business owners and, you know, clients about what what's missing in their world and why they're finding their business so challenging. Going back to the food industry, what's the biggest thing that you've learned about the food industry in general after years of being in it? Financial stuff. Let's be honest here. How to manage my inventory and making sure that I'm making money of the goods that I'm selling. I think that's the most challenging part of owning a restaurant or a, a food industry business of any sort is to understand how much you pay for your, in your inventory, what you make, how much it costs, and what you're selling it for. And that's a huge one because a lot of the people that I mentored and coached had no idea. And it's a lot of wrapping your head around your money story to understand that it's okay to charge $7 or whatever for, you know, a certain product. It's okay to charge that much and to be okay with doing that. It's so funny that you, you bring that up because I have history in the catering business. And I learned one of the first things I learned from the owner was um, the ratio, right? The, the, the 30%, you've got to be making at least 30%. So if it costs you three bucks, if the, if the supplies are three bucks, you got to charge, you know, nine bucks for it. And sometimes even more based on the end result. But to your point, it's interesting how many of us, and I do include myself in this, shy away from the numbers when it comes to business, because we all have money stories. But if we want to be as profitable as most of us dream about, we need to be um, brave enough to look at that story. What are some of the common money stories that you saw in your work as a mentor for food, for food businesses? A lot of shame, a lot, a lot of people talk about how shamed, ashamed they are of the fact that they don't have in their personal life, they can't manage their money. So they have a shame around it. And so having that conversation about your relationship with money is huge. 
Because if you can't have a relationship with money, a good relationship with money, how are you going to have a good relationship with money in a business? And so having that conversation, open conversation and allowing my clients to talk about their be- them being ashamed of their money story and getting through the kind of the thick and thin of it all allows them to realize, okay, I can do this in my business and not be shy about seeing the numbers. Everyone seems to be scared about looking at the numbers, but unless you understand the numbers, you're never going to make money in a business because you need to know that, you know, you know, you know, making the $3, like it's going to cost you $3. What happens if you only sell it for three fifty? Well, you're not really making any money, right? So you just kind of skim and buy. So understanding numbers is a lot of clients are shying away and being ashamed of the numbers. Do you think that's a, a product of our society in so much as based so much of, in my world, success is based on how much you made when I grew up, right? And when I didn't make a lot, then I my worth kind of dropped and dropped and dropped. And I'm wondering if today's entrepreneurs, especially in the food industry, where it's that much trickier to nail down your numbers because of all that goes into it, if they are also suffering from the misconception of what success is and how they can relate to it. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm going to say right, right now, money isn't everything. Some to some it is okay. So some it is, is, you know, do I have a a million dollars in my banking out? That's considered successful to some others. It's how many people can I help? Cause I'm solving a problem with my business and I want to help them. And so I think the, our money stories come from society, from education, from our parents or our family or school, even, you know, they teach you X amount of stuff in math class, but they don't actually tell you how to manage your money and how, how to do the budgets, how to do your taxes, how to do all of that. And so when you become an adult and you're thrown into all this and now you want to start a business, well, now your money story is kind of all over the place, right? And so we have a program actually in the Entrepreneur Connection of my business. We do have a program. It's a 22-week program, all-inclusive mental wellness and business program that goes through every single thing of owning and operating a business, including three weeks of financial stuff. And we delve into, let's have a conversation about your money. Let's have a conversation about what's your relationship? Is it good? Is it bad? You know, how do you see your business? We go through costing. We go through all of those things that goes with business. We also go through mental wellness. Make sure that at two o'clock in the morning, when you're sitting here having a meltdown in front of your your computer, do you know how how to navigate through that? And so that money conversation is huge when it comes to owning a business. So tell us a little bit more about this program. Um, What's the name of it? How long? I think you mentioned the the duration. Who is it aimed at specifically? And how can the listeners find out more about it? I will put information in show notes, but if you could tell us as well, that would be great. So there's no real name to it. We just call it an all-inclusive business and mental wellness entrepreneurial program. Um, where it's 22 weeks, you get a workbook, you get a facilitator for once a week for about two hours, you get coaching in between all of these two weeks. So you have a coach that's going to help you along with your workbook about researching about doing all that sort of stuff. 
at the very end of the 22 weeks, you get accountability calls. So you just, you don't just walk away and then nothing happens. Nope. You get one, three and six month accountability calls where we will call you and have a conversation with you for about an hour or so, sometimes more. Um, and uh, we will make sure that you're on track for the goals that you have set. Um, where can you find it? Um, EntrepreneurConnectionEDM.com. Um, it, the information isn't there. We are starting to look for cohorts of 10 to 15 people um, for starting of September. We're thinking September 19th, 20-ish area. Um, who do we direct it to? All entrepreneurs. But basically, if you have a disability, you're recovering from a mental illness, from an addiction, from any of those things, uh, everyone is welcome. And so we want to help as many people and entrepreneurs that we can. I love that. What a great um, niche that you've, that you're offering to help with that. So let's talk. I just want to be really clear. That's from your entrepreneur connection business. Correct. Yeah. Other business, Fork and Spoon Business Consultant is all about supporting food industry businesses. Okay. Um, This new one, Entrepreneur Connection, how did that all come about? Oh, that's a long story. I'm going to make it as short as possible. Okay. Um, So I started this journey with opening a bakery called Treats Baked by Stephanie. So I opened it up. I had no counseling, like consultants, nothing like that. I just did it all myself and realized that I needed a program. And so I ended up becoming like building programs for other people in the business. And then Fork and Spoon came along. And so Fork and Spoon became teaching bakery baking which i teach with epl so edmonton public library so if you're looking to get a baking class in there it starts september so take a look at their website um they then it kind of became mentoring with prospect human services which is here at edmonton then rise which is in toronto which helps entrepreneurs with disabilities uh then camh was called the center for mental center for addiction and mental health i was coaching with them and then yale university called me last year to get some coaching for them for their Let's Lead program. And so Entrepreneur Connection came along because I was having a conversation with a lovely lady from BC who works with high-risk youth who needed uh, a program that was a little bit longer than 10 weeks that wanted to go through all of it. So I, and I realized in every single person I've ever coached, I've ever mentored, always had the, the first thing that came out of their mouth was, I'm having a crappy day. I need to talk about it with somebody. So it was the mental wellness portion that always came out first before even indulging in the business. So I knew that mental wellness was very, very important of having a conversation about that and business together. So the program where I built it was, you know, having the business portion of how to run a business, but giving entrepreneurs tools to handle the mental challenges that they will have in their business, because it's an up and down roller coaster ride. And a lot of entrepreneurs feel like they're by themselves. They can't talk to anybody. You know, what do they do? So we give them the tools to go through all of that. So that's how it kind of came to be. Stephanie, I love that. Again, you have shown that you've created something where there was a need. So I'm curious, though. I don't know anybody that can take off, you know, four months or five months out of the year. When you go camping as often as you do, are you still able to work and take your work with you? Or are you really living the dream and only working part-time? Uh, I don't bring any work with me camping. 
Can you imagine putting a laptop on the canoe while I'm trying to fish at the exact same time? Not happening. <laughs> Not in the canoe. Okay, let me be let me be clear. I don't camp. I kayak. I don't camp. But I'm just really jealous because you know what? I seem to be working nonstop. I take one or two days off maybe to house clean and, and run errands. But knowing that you are enjoying the outdoors so much, I think that's, you know, you kind of live in the life. And I think that's awesome. So you've really found a way to work part-time, but have a huge impact. But let me, let's have a conversation about that just quickly about that. It took many years. I've been an entrepreneur for 20 some odd years. It took a lot of years to understand the boundaries that I wanted in my life, right? And so I used to be an entrepreneur that would work 16 hour days, would sleep with my cell phone next to my pillow, like right next to my head. And the phone would ring at two o'clock in the morning and my client needed me right there. So I tiptoe down to my you know, my desk, turn on my laptop and work. And my husband will be coming down at three o'clock in the morning going, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm working. Well, no, you, why? (laughs) And so it, it only occurred to me when I totally burned out and ended up in bed for about a month that could not function. And I had two young children at the time that I need to put boundaries in place. Now it's to each his own, the way you want to run your business, the way I want to run a bit my business is from basically June till September, I work when I need to and when I want to. I have boundaries in there. I work from nine to four, Monday through Thursday. Fridays are my day off and I don't answer emails after four o'clock and I don't answer emails. I only answer emails between nine and four. And so I put those boundaries in place because I knew how important it was for my mental wellness and from for my family that I needed to work during these times. And that was it. And so I learned the hard way is what I did. I love your honesty. And you know what? You are such a badass for that. It's so interesting because setting boundaries is coming up so often these days. And because I believe that the universe brings us what we need, I'm really recognizing that perhaps I need to take my own advice. I've actually just finished a masterclass and one whole component in the masterclass is recognizing the need to set powerful boundaries. So it's one of those things, those of you that are listening, I may be a coach, but I suffer from all the same things, right? I make the same mistakes. So thank you for sharing your your honesty about that. Tell us a little bit more about, if you don't mind, how you said, you know, you didn't realize until you woke up and you couldn't get out of bed. So you've had some physical incarnations of your burnout or of your overwhelm can you talk to us a little bit about that and how you navigated your way out of that sure um and i'm i'm an open book and i the reason why i'm so authentic and open is because a lot of entrepreneurs sit by themselves working in front of a laptop most days and so understanding that there are people out there that have gone through what they're going through. This is why I've opened up and talked about mental wellness and talked about all that because it's important to have that conversation. Um, at the time it happened, I was working in the real estate industry. I worked in the real estate industry for nine years. I was a real estate assistant. And I was also, I, also, I owned two companies at the exact same time again, is I owned a company that would put the real estate signs up in front of the houses. And my husband and my father-in-law were partners in that business and they would go out and do things for me. And the reason I burnt out was because I wasn't taking care of me and I wasn't watching the signs of me deteriorating. 
you know, lack of sleep, high stress, not eating properly, um, trying to do everything because I'm a mom, a wife, a business owner. I couldn't do everything. And the, when I woke up one morning, hardly being able to get out of bed, and I, I'll be honest, um, I had really bad menstrual cramps and periods, and I couldn't figure out what was going on, why I was in so much pain, why I couldn't get out of bed. Turned out I needed a hysterectomy six months later. And the reason being is because the stress level was causing my body to have all of these ailments. And so March 1st of, hmm, I can't even remember now, 2010, I think it was, I closed my business. I said goodbye to it altogether. I laid off everybody. I had staff and I closed it down. I took about a year and a half off, ended up back in the real estate industry with a different company, but I didn't own it. And it made me realize that I need to take care of me. Because if I don't take care of me, eating right, less stress, going camping, doing the things I need to do for my mental wellness, how was I going to take care of my clients or my customers or my family? And so that was a big, big, huge wake up call. So we're gonna take a short break right now, but I'll be back with my guest within 60 seconds. Ladies, unlock your inner badass and transform your life with my monthly subscription workshop. For just $47 a month, you'll have exclusive access to work closely with me, Mahara Wayman, as we dive deep into all things badass from personal development to conquering your goals. Imagine waking up every day with confidence, purpose, and a smile that radiates your newfound strength. Take advantage of this badass opportunity and join us today at www.mindfulnesswithmahara.com and start your journey toward a happier, more confident you. Smile when no one is looking. You've earned it. I'm still going back stuck on the idea the realization that you were brave enough to shut down your business especially when you employed people how hard was that it was crushing yeah and you know to be honest with you i had i had an assistant who when i met her across the table from a tim hortons i wanted to hire her on the spot because she was amazing and so I did, I, two days later, I hired her and she was with me through thick and thin. She was my Mary Poppins. She would take my youngest off the bus, give him lunch, grab lunch for her, clean my house, and then come and answer the phones for me at the exact same time. Cause my, my business was in my house. Like I had a full section of my house that was just my office with hers. And she would do all of these things and run my business with me. And so when I had to say goodbye to her, I was, I'm like, I can't. I don't know how to do this. I cried for days, but how many years later, 14 years later or 13 years later, she's my best friend. She, her and I hang out. She's my best friend. Um, every business thing I've ever dealt with, I call her and going, oh, I'm going to and she's like, it's okay. We got this. Um, and I've been trying to employ her for years. Um, but you know, I'm at the point where I don't need an employee yet, but she's on my docket and she's going to be some, she's going to be my assistant again because she's just fantastic. She'll, and you know what? My youngest is 18 now and he still remembers, you know, it, there's core memories in there. And so it was heartbreaking at the time, but it 
taught me a lot about me, about how I want to run a business, and just how badass I can be about picking myself up, dusting myself off, and going, what do I want to do with my life? What am I passionate about? And that's where the food stuff came in, because I've been in the food industry for a very, very, very long time. I was the assistant manager of, okay, I'm going to date myself, y'all. Eaton's Restaurant. If anybody remembers Eaton's Restaurant, I was the assistant manager for Eaton's Restaurant in Ottawa. And I just ended up in the food industry. Every I found myself all the time in the food industry. And so I went back to it. And this was my calling. And I have to say that the food industry is, even though I work with entrepreneurs with every single kind of business, the, when someone says, I want to open up a, a bakery or a restaurant, ding, I'm there. I'm there. I'm going to help you because I love that industry. But um, yeah, that's I, it taught me a lot of what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be as an entrepreneur. Um, such badassery because I think there's a misconception. And I, and I talk about this quite a bit that, you can only be badass when, when you've done really well in your business, when you've gotten that promotion or when you've lost that amount of weight or whatever. And folks, we are here to remind you that you are badass by the fact that you state it and you go through life willing to learn and willing to do hard things. And what you just described, Stephanie, I can imagine, yes, that would be very hard. And there's a, I imagine there's a lot of regret, guilt, anger, disappointment, you know, a whole long train of emotions that we put ourselves through when we think we may have failed at something. But I love how you've described that because you didn't fail. You worked your ass off and you've learned some amazing lessons. And now look at you, because I swear, I say I am totally jealous that you, that you have managed to find yourself in this space where you've balanced you know, work-life balance so well. I'm a new entrepreneur. I've only been doing this for a couple of years and I'm still learning, but thank you for sharing that story with us. It's so important that we recognize that it is okay to put ourselves first. In fact, it's it's a necessity. Setting boundaries, saying no to the phone, to the email, to the client, super important. Recognizing that you may have learned all there is to learn in a certain business that you're in and let it go and move on to something else. Um, such juicy stuff. So thank you for sharing. Can I just, let's, can we just talk about the word fail? Okay. So do I. let's talk about it. Cause a lot of entrepreneurs feel that if they fail at something that it's done never again. So the word, the definition of word fail means it's stop, you're done. There's nothing else, right? You don't move forward. So I never in any of my education portion of my um, program, do I ever use the word fail? I use, I use the word experience because, and a lesson. So you've experienced something that you're taking a lesson from, and then you're growing from it. So I think it's important to take the word fail out of the vocabulary of an entrepreneur, because you're not failing at it. You're learning something that's going to get you to the next step of your journey as an entrepreneur. So if you're thinking you failed at something, you didn't, you just learned something and now you're going to flip it and you're going to use it to continue on your journey. I love that. Beautiful reminder. You know, it goes back to this idea that it's not a mistake if you learn from it. And the minute you decide you're going to learn from this, it stops being a quote mistake or a quote failure. It's not a failure. It's an experience. So thank you for sharing that and for clarifying. It's one of those things 
that I feel so many of us get caught in this trap of language and out of that we use words that really don't serve us. And to your point, in some of the work that I do, I work very closely with my clients to have to um, encourage them to get clear and get clarity on what they're feeling and to use the language that really supports that. And it, it, it amazes me how many of us, myself included, I don't anymore because I now study it, but had a very limited vocabulary. And you know what? I'm a pretty smart chick. Like I'm, I'm educated and I, I read a lot, but I still became very lazy in my word choice. And for, you know, for the longest time, I'd say, oh my God, I'm so stressed. But really, if I was being honest and took the time, what I would have said in a particular moment, for example, would have been, I'm really concerned. I'm a little bit afraid. I'm feeling disappointed. But instead, I use the word, the umbrella term, stress, power of language. So I'm so glad that you brought up this idea of talking about the word fail, because the power of language is everything. And so many of us take the short route and don't actually use words that really articulate what it is that we're trying to say. So talk to more or all of us about why you think you're badass. You've already explained quite a few things that I feel qualify, but is there anything else that we don't know about you that you feel qualifies as being badass? There's so many. What do I pick? There's, you know, I've had challenges my entire life um, from, you know, leaving at the house at 17 because things were just not going right um, to having a miscarriage, um, picking myself up to have two beautiful babies, which one was an emergency C-section and the other one was, he was four weeks premature and almost died on us twice. And now he's 18, um, you know, to business, um, closing to opening up again, to, you know, falling down the stairs constantly. Every year I fall down the stairs and end up in the hospital with a rolled ankle. So <laughs> pick a challenge. Um, pick, the fact that I've done all of these things in my life um, yeah, makes me a badass because no matter how many times I've been knocked down, Mahara, I always pick myself up and go, tomorrow is a different day. Tomorrow is going to be a better day. And yeah, and it's going to be one of those things where no matter what walls, what challenges, what things are in front of me, I have a goal and a dream. And that goal and dream has always been to help people, always. And it didn't make me, I didn't realize that probably till eight years ago when I started my business, my food business. And the goal for my food business, I put it out in the universe was I was going to teach people how to bake like their grandparents used to, because that art of baking was lost. And eight years ago was the statement and eight years later I'm teaching. And so I wanted to help as much as I can. Now, my mother was a nurse for 45 years. And I thought medical industry would be somewhere I wanted to be. And then I realized, no, that's not for me. But helping people achieve their dreams was something that I wanted because everything I've ever put my mind into or mine to, um, I achieved. So when I was 15, I made it to Canadians and figure skating. And I could have gone to the Olympics and I decided not to because I was done with it. I had made it to Canadians and that was my goal. And I, I did triple axles and I did all those things and I, I achieved it. I became a lifeguard at 12. I was in uh, off Broadway plays in ballet, tap jazz, 
I was on point in ballet. I played piano. I did all these things and I achieved everything I wanted to do. And so that's how kind of my life started and continued and done all these things. And so am I a badass? Hells yeah, I am. And I, and I'm proud of it. And I've raised two badass children who will go for what they want and what they need. And I'm, I'm not going to say the word train because that's not really the re- the word I want to use, but I'm helping my husband realize that he's badass as well. Oh my God, you're adorable. That's so brilliant. That's so brilliant. And I had no idea that you had so many accolades behind you. I love one of the things that I picked up on that I think is really is really paramount and, and important for us to learn of ourselves and our own journey is it's okay to switch gears. It's okay to call a halt. Absolutely. And to move on. What I love about your story is that you have never stopped asking yourself questions. What do I want to do next? How can I make a difference next? And totally badass to do that. Can you share with us a story of an entrepreneur that perhaps really touches your heart? One that you've worked with and that you've helped that you'd like to share with us? Because I think in your voice how much you love what you do and how important it is that you make a difference. So tell us the story. I had a lady reach out to me and she says, Steph, I need help with my business. Now she has a food, a food business. And um, I'm going to keep it vague because I don't want to, you know, um, tell you exactly who it is, but she had a food business. She would sell stuff at farmer's market. She decided to do the eight week program that I had in place at the time. It took her till almost the eighth week, I think it was week six or seven, where she finally told me that she was ashamed about her business, that she thought she was too old, that she thought, you know, she couldn't make it. Um, And throughout the whole conversation of the eight weeks, she became more and more open with her story. And um, we continued conversation after the eight weeks she would call me every once in a while going I have this thing I need to talk about sure let's do it a year later she called me in January and she's like Steph guess what I said oh tell me because I want to know she goes I just finished my taxes I said okay she's like because of your strategies and because of all your encouragement and your coaching I made over a hundred thousand dollars in my business and I was shocked I said, are you serious? She's like, yes, it was all because of your strategies and your encouragement and your coaching. I said, well, thank you. Thank you so much. I, you know, I, to me, I don't need the recognition. To me, it's helping others achieve her, their, her dream. She achieved her dream. She wanted to do that. It turns out actually two years ago that she passed away. And I had no idea that she, I knew she was sick but I'd never knew that she had passed away until about actually a year ago. I think I found out and it broke my heart because she had such a vibrant passion of owning this business and achieving her goals, which she did, but she never wanted the spotlight on her, even though she helped so many people, you know, bring the food to the table. And so, um, yeah, that was the most encouraging and, sad at the same time but she you know she did what she loved and that was the whole point is she did what she loved and so she was the most encouraging and I will always remember her always always 
What a beautiful story. And how, what a great story to, to, to highlight the importance of going after your dream. And I mentioned when I introduced you that you help people chase their dreams. And it's so important, whether you get to this level or that level or this pinnacle or just the act of saying, I have a dream. I'm not going to quote Martin Luther King Jr. I'm not. I could, but I'm not. But just saying that makes us badass. Because I think... I know that when we actually tell people, you know what, I have an idea or I have a dream, what we're really saying is I matter and my dreams matter. And the fact that you and many others like you, myself included, jump up to the to offer our help and support of these dreams is a beautiful thing. So I want to say thank you for being so badass. Thank you for continuing to to work for what it is that you what interests you and what floats your boat. Thank you for reminding us the importance of putting our mental health and our self-care first, that that's paramount if we're going to be successful in any entrepreneurial adventure. And thank you for sharing that beautiful story. Um, for those of you listening, I will put lots of contact information in the show notes on how you can connect with Stephanie. She is the real deal, folks. I am so blessed to count her as a friend. We met only about two or three months ago, I think, at, a, at an entrepreneurial networking event. And we have become fast friends. And I'm just delighted that you've spent the afternoon here with us today. Stephanie, anything last that you'd like to share with us about your business or what we can expect in the future from you? Hmm. Watch out, world. Because that entrepreneurial program is going to be coming to your doorstep soon. Um, we're going to try to make it so that um, brand new entrepreneurs like yourself will not have to pay for it, but you will be committed to it and get all the stuff that you need. And so watch out because it's coming because I'm working hard in the background to get it funded um, so that entrepreneurs who do not have the cash flow at the moment do not feel left behind and they will be valued and heard and seen and be able to run a business of their dreams. I love that. And I cannot wait. Stephanie, thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule. Well, let's be honest. She's probably going to go canoeing after this because it's the weather's beautiful here in Edmonton. But thank you for taking time to talk to us today. That's it for now, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next week on The Art of Badassery. Thank you for tuning in to The Art of Badassery. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights to help unleash your inner badass. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave a rating or review on your favorite platform. Your feedback not only helps me improve the show, but it also helps others like yourself discover the podcast. Until next time, keep embracing your authenticity and living life on your terms. Here's to you. Thank you.